Welcome in to a new edition of the Roost Podcast. This is Matthew Bartlett, Director and Managing Editor of the Roost. I am joined this week by a special guest, Yogi Roth of the Pac-12 Network. He is on the call for the game this weekend, Rice and USC. So we're going to get to him. We're going to talk kind of some big picture things with USC, new head coach Lincoln Riley. We're going to talk Rice and the game and, and all sorts of stuff there. So uh, stay tuned for that. That one's going to be fun coming up shortly. A couple last minute housekeeping notes on the Rice front. This is kind of going into game week, first game week and kind of coverage. So just kind of setting the the, the menu, if you will, for what we're going to kind of have going this season. So you can usually expect on Mondays coming up, we'll have a game preview that'll be out Every week, we'll kind of hit the high points, key storylines, where its teams are coming from, key stats, things like that. We'll have some injury updates, kind of early scuttle on who we think may or may not be available for that game. Unfortunately, for Rice, that has a couple players on that list so far, so that that section is reserved for our subscribers. We'll have that in there, and then coming up, we'll have a couple practice reports this week, a feature, and then we'll come up to the game, which is pretty exciting. I did want to kind of draw an attention to one particular piece I had for our premium subscribers, then we'll get to the interview and kind of just thought some big picture things. And maybe this is a fun, or I don't know, it depends on how you feel as a, a Rice football fan, but an exercise that might be interesting to do before the season and Knowing football fans, you you very well might have already done it, but go take the Rice football schedule and go circle every game that is a no doubt about it, absolutely 100% Rice must win this game. And then once you've done that, you know, do a circle around that and then put a box around the games that you think Rice probably should win and then a little dash a little question mark by the toss-ups and I think what was interesting if you just you know pause the podcast kind of go through that exercise I did that this week for our patreon subscribers patreon patreon.com slash at the roost and kind of talked myself through because going into this year the conversation around South Maine was this is a bowl team or bust. Like, this is what has to happen. So how do you get there? How do you get to six wins? You know, Rice does have an FCS team, McNeese State, on their schedule. Gonna quick spoiler, that's on the list of the must-win games. But who else? They got conference games coming up. They got non-conference. They got Louisiana, new head coach. Got... Obviously, Houston and the aforementioned game against USC coming up. I think it's interesting. I think I, as I did that, I kind of felt really, really, really confident about four. I thought four, slam dunk. I feel this team can get four. And then you get to the toss-ups where it could go either way. So is this an eight-win team? Is it a four-win team? Is the six right in the middle? I think that's what's going to be interesting. And then you'll hear the conversation that I had with Yogi about you know, this part of the te- part of the year, these teams, there's there's so much unknown with both rosters. USC has so many transfers coming in. 
and and Rice has a couple transfers, of, but a couple guys coming back that just have been out for the past season or two. So there's going to be a lot there to talk through over the next couple weeks and just watch and observe. But we're here. It's it's football season. I'm I'm certainly grateful to be done with camp and and ready for actual football. So we will uh, turn over to the interview and uh, stay tuned for our next guest. Here's Yogi. All right, and joining us now is the man on the call for the game this weekend, Yogi Roth of the Pac-12 Network, here to talk a little bit USC, a little bit Rice, and the beginning of college football in 2022. How's it going, Yogi? Matthew is going well. Thank you for all the uh, time and attention in advance of the release of uh, of season of the season, right? Of our first game. It's, it's crazy that it's here, man. You've helped me learn a lot about the team uh, over the course of the off season, so I'm excited to talk to you. Yeah, it's been interesting, and we were talking right before we got going about it's a uh, press conference season and the end of talking season going into things. The I guess we can start on the Rice front because I think USC, this game might have a lot of newness to it because one of the things Bloomgren told the media today was he feels like a lot of people might not know who this team is because they've had a couple transfers. They had a bunch of guys who missed the season last year. So when it comes to projecting Rice football in 2022, it's a roster that looks a lot different than 2021 and of course USC looks like that to an even stronger degree so I guess big picture on the game how do you kind of prepare yourself for two teams that I mean you you can look up box scores from last year but you're not going to see the same players yeah you know it's been really fun preparing to call this one um, I just finished watching all the tape in advance of it and went back and watched a lot of key rice games especially that Wiley Green played in and then watched a bunch of OU games right that Caleb Williams played in just to try to gauge, like, who, who are these two teams, right? And, and we knew Mike Bloomgren and, and Marcus football for a long time out here on the West Coast. So you kind of know what their DNA is. But in advance of the game, that, that's what I'm going to be asking both staffs. Of like, what are we going to see schematically? I'd imagine it's not going to be that far from their roots, right? You've seen Rice but more than anybody in America. So you know what they're about. And for SC, we didn't see much in the spring game. Um, but you saw a lot of Oklahoma. And you had seven games to study Caleb Williams as a starting quarterback. And he's only grown with more mastery. And now he only has even more tools, right, when you look at some of the transfers to USC. So I'm excited, man. I, I've never, I think it's year 16 calling games. I've never been more, never anticipated watching and calling a game more than I am this game. And for, for both sides, not just SC. Like, clearly there's a heavy lean towards that of what they are. But to your point on Rice. It's a team at 17-7 against Arkansas a year ago. It was a really good football team. And so I'm, I'm excited to watch them in this moment with some of the transfers that they've had to the roster. Yeah, I, I think it's particularly interesting because there's just so much unknowns and so much projecting that you can do, but eventually you have to go out and play football. And I think last year we kind of saw the first impetus of this, right, in the in the Conference USA world it was Western Kentucky and it was Bailey Zappi and it was the, Hey, can we just import an offense on the fly and score 50 points a game? And it turns out if you have an NFL quarterback, you can. Yeah. And 
you know, the, the smoke around Caleb Williams is he's an NFL quarterback or at least will be at some point. So what, what was your kind of read on him? And then what are the expectations? Because it's, it's year one for him at SC, but it's kind of year 1.5, year two in this system where you kind of, that's really where you circle and say, okay, a quarterback that has the skills should be taking a leap right about now. Yeah, he's real. He's a one percenter. You know, I worked the Elite 11 quarterback camp. Um, I just wrote a book called Five Star QBs about this position and how most guys don't meet the projection. Like Mike Bloomberg had a lot of those guys at Stanford, right? KJ Costello, Davis Mills, Keller Christ, Andrew Luck, Kevin Hogan, right? Like not all of them hit like they thought they were going to coming out of high school. Um, same thing at every school in America. But I say that to say Caleb Williams, he's in the top 1% of guys I've ever seen. So what is that class? That's coming out of high school. Jameis Winston, Tua Tungavailoa, Trevor Lawrence, Justin Fields, Caleb Williams. Those five. And then there's a drop-off. And I, I think that there's so much about him to talk about. right? So let's just talk about him as a player first. Uh, just Google Caleb Williams, Kansas. And you're going to see the essence of who Caleb Williams is. Game on the line. Embarrassing loss. Possibly about to happen. They go for it on fourth down. His running back's not getting it. He goes in and rips the ball from his belly. Gets the first down. Then you go study him in other games. And even the games they lost where I think he gets um, misrepresented is when it's like, well, he didn't play well against Baylor. It's like, well, he had four drops in the first half in that game. Offensive line was getting smoked. Like, when I study him more and more and more in advance of this game, I'm saying, this dude is awesome. <laughs> he is the real deal. Now, put a pause in it. He's 19. He's got seven starts under his belt. And there's a lot when it comes to being the quarterback at USC. I've always felt, Matthew, that when you sign at SC, you become a household name. And when you start, you become a Heisman candidate. And to manage that, I saw it firsthand with Liner, Booty, Sanchez, Barkley, Darnold. Like, I've watched them all go through that. And it's hard. It can be hard. And what I love about Caleb is that he's got Lincoln around him. Lincoln Riley's as good as you're going to find in the country at that position and, and on that side of the ball. And he's seasoned because he's done it with a bunch of number one picks, Heisman Trophy winners or finalists in the last few years. I think that's a perfect marriage. Uh, but make no mistake. Caleb Williams is real. I think he'll be the top pick in two drafts from now, but he's still got some, he still has a large amount of room for growth. I don't think we're going to see Tom Brady on Saturday, but you're going to see a talented player. Well, I think it's interesting. I think the, in, in today's world, there's not really a, a QBU, right? There isn't a school that can say, well, we just pump out quarterbacks. But if there is one, USC has the swagger of like, we can we can name the five stars right. We can name even the guys who who never lived up the NFL potential. Like Matt Leinart is a college football like legend. Doesn't matter what he did in the pros. So I I think it's interesting, but to some degree there's there's a newness factor of getting everything together. When you when you talk about you know he's 19, you talk about start number eight I guess coming up. You know how how ready to roll do you think on the offensive side USC is going to be or is it just going to be well Caleb is going to throw it up to Addison and it's going to be an 80-yard touchdown which rinse repeat is <laughs> two 
blue chip, five star, top of the line guys, and the running game. Like they got some dudes. Yeah, well, Jordan Addison, three star coming out of high school, right? Like he's developed into that at my alma mater um, since he came out to USC. I'll say this: that's why I'm so intrigued to watch. You know, like I'm so intrigued to watch this team because Caleb Williams and the aforementioned Jordan Addison, they've had 29 practices together. Jordan wasn't there in the spring, right? Like this offensive front, pending who's the starter at left tackle, have had 29 practices as a unit. You know, with this offensive system, with the tight ends, going up against a variety of defenses, like they just don't have as many reps as Wiley Green has in his offense or the defense and how many reps that all those players that have been around have had. So I, that's what I can't wait to watch. Now, do I think they're going to come at you in waves? Yeah. Do I think Mario Williams is as explosive as a wideout as there is in America? Yeah. Do I think the next tier of receivers of Brennan Rice and Gary Bryan and Terrell Bynum and CJ Williams and Kyron Hudson and, and John Jacks? Like, yeah, they're all really talented. They're all really talented, but you got to find a way to go compete. And, and if I'm Rice, I'm going to try to get as physical as I can in this game. I think you have to, right? I, I don't, I, if you're going to sit there and say, hey, just throw it short and make the quarterback bleed us out. Caleb will do it. You know, like I, I love that methodology in most college games. Make the quarterback bleed us out. Make him think, 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 think. Hit spots, hit spots, hit spots. Be on rhythm. I think in this game, I think Caleb will do it to him and enjoy it with a smile on his face. I think you got to get after it a little bit. And when you go back and you study the teams that have beaten Oklahoma when he was the starter or made it really challenging, that's what they did. They brought up. Average amount of pressure, but one up front. I like the defensive front for Rice. You know them better than I. And they got after it in the secondary, physically, with the wideouts down the field. So that's that's the thing that uh, I'm, I can't wait to watch if, if it shakes out like that. Yeah, I think it's going to be an interesting chess match because that's a a point. In, and it's interesting because, you know, when when Rice made the decision to make a coaching change, we're going back 2018 now. It was decided, hey, this isn't going to be a four to five year thing. This wasn't like we're just going to go pick up as many guys. I mean, the portal really wasn't what it is today, even five years ago. But it was, a, hey, let's build this the right way. Let's stack these classes together and let's get size. And so they had, I think, one 300 pound player on their roster in 2018. And I think they've added 11 in the past two cycles. Uh, so they. They got some some size in the trenches, which I think what, what you're mentioning, I think that's the going to be an interesting part, putting those pieces together, especially with, you know, that's kind of a matchup I'm, I'm looking at on, on both sides of the ball because Rice has had pieces, but they've never really had this entire unit. Like this is the, the strongest their O-line has been yeah. in, in, under Bloomgren. And this is the most complete, you know, with injuries that the D-line has been under Bloomgren and, and and it's particularly interesting in this matchup because you know you mentioned one one spot on the O-line for, for USC shaken up I know the front uh, the front seven on the back end uh, on defense for USC has some guys that they're plugging and playing and and maybe that's a side I, I'm trying to you know look at this because obviously if you look at on paper you know there's there's a big talent just raw athleticism star oh. power talent discrepancy in this game um 
But there was when Rice went to Arkansas last year, too. So, and they've beaten ranked teams. They shut out a ranked team on the road two years ago. So, they're not a team that, you know, probably feels like this game is maybe slanted his ways. And that's what they're supposed to in the locker room, right? But, so that's kind of one one thing we talked about. What's another matchup that you think um, is is interesting to you or could have a, a you know, a strong weighting in, in how this game plays out? Well, I was going to flip it and ask you. I mean, you know, when I look at Rice on offense, I love this offensive line, to your point, your exact point. When I look at UFC, we're going to have a graphic in the game of it, like all of the 24 transfers they have, you know, there's a large amount that are on the defensive side, right? Uh, 12, right? Uh, 12 via the portal, right? So more than 50% because a couple are specialists um, of the offensive and defensive guys on the portal came to SC because they knew they needed to fill holes there. But very few of those guys, of those 12 on defense, were absolute ballers where they came from. Right? Jordan Addison was the best in the country what he did. Makai Blackman was a really talented corner, but he wasn't the best corner in the country right, coming from Colorado. You know, and I look at Tyrone Tolini uh, coming from K-State on the defensive line. Or I look at Earl Barclay Jr. coming from TCU. They weren't household names. Eric Gentry was going to be that at ASU, but he still wasn't like an everyday starter at linebacker. So I'm curious to see, like, what does Rice do on offense against this defense? Because it's going to be hard for Rice to hold up defensively. Like, I see he's going to score. But I'm curious to see, like, is it like Arkansas where dink, 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 play action, power pass, pistol formation, run that toss sweep where they they pitch the ball, like, I'm curious. I, I, I'd imagine they feel confident in, in the fact that they can move the ball. What, what do you think? I think so. And I think, you know, you mentioned your, your familiarity over on the West Coast with, with Coach Tui, the OC. And I think that's part of what we've seen is kind of a, a awakening of the Rice offense. You know, when Bloomgren came over from Stanford, it was, we're going to pound the rock. We're going to use a fullback. We're going to run the ball, run the ball, run the ball, run the ball ad nauseum and, and they still do that they're still going to run the football and, and you know Lincoln Riley pass happy guy but likes to run the football and, and can do that well and I think what, what Lincoln has done is is kind of balance those out where he can do both and that's kind of what makes has made the Oklahoma offense uh, from my perspective so so terrifying in recent years but we're kind of seeing I think with Tui a shift towards being able to do both well and what's interesting when you look at the Rice offense is, you know, we haven't talk, talked about him yet, but Luke McCaffrey is going to play wide receiver for this offense. And you can go put up, you know, any of his highlight reels from when he was Nebraska, and you can say, oh, I don't know if this guy's a D1 quarterback, but go go pull up any of his highlight reels. And th- there was one, that I think they were playing Michigan, where he makes the wrong read on the zone read. He should have hand the ball off and he get gets meet up by a blue chip defensive end on the edge. And you're like, this is over. And he scores past him and runs 35 yards down the field wow. that he's so uber athletic and they're going to put him in the slot. And Brad Rosner is the go over the top cherry picking guy on the outside. And in, in years past, Rice has been lucky to have one of those guys. They have both of those guys, and then they have a slew of other. Isaiah Esdale was kind of a gadget guy 
at, at West Virginia can move around and do a couple different roles. They have Tyson Thompson, who a, another slot guy who made hay at Houston Baptist last year. He was the dude at Houston Baptist where he was. And so what what is interesting to Rice, I think they have a, a more willingness to press the ball downfield, to spread yeah. out and try and run. And they have more pieces. It's not going to be, we're going to throw the ball to one guy, and if you can stop it, we give up. If if USC tries to funnel in and shut down the inside and they say, we're not going to let Luke McCaffrey beat you, Wiley Green's going to take some shots over the top. I don't think he's going to throw them, you know, 15, 20 shots, but he's going to take enough where the defense has to respect it, which I think is interesting. And the, and the formula, this is a long way to answer your question, but I think the formula for Rice is similar to what they did against Arkansas last year. They made a couple stops. They were aggressive early. They went for it on, on a third or a fourth down. They got got a lead, got some points, and kind of made the other team sweat a little bit. I think you're going to see Rice take some risks because if you take some risks and they work, you have a lead on the road and you got a shot. If you don't, then you know you're getting you get beat by a team that probably is you know supposed to beat you. So I think it's it's no no loss to Rice if they take risk and it doesn't work it'd be a shame if they don't take risk and just try and go pound for pound dude you're so good like i've loved listening to you in advance of this like i don't know what you want to do with your football life but if there's this you're killing it uh whatever you're in it you really you can tell you know the game for whatever that's worth thanks i appreciate it yeah no for sure man and it's Uh, been it's been a wait and see for rice which has been and that's you mentioned this tie back to the beginning i'm just anxious to see it right because we don't know we've been waiting for like what this offense is supposed to look like and so many quarterbacks so many playmakers I just I don't know what I'm going to get either which is why the game is so so interesting yeah it's going to be fun like because to your point like Rice has been in big games and big stadiums Uh, the other thing it's going to be about 100 degrees kickoff at the Coliseum which it's usually not it's like 72 and sunny out here so it's going to be uncommonly hot on Saturday. Probably nothing for Rice, where climate you guys are coming from. But uh, that'll be something of note to a degree for SC. And also, I was at SC last night. I went on there. Um, they have a weekly radio show, podcast show. And you could tell they feel what you and I just described. They want to go play. Like They want to go play. There's so much talk around them because of, you know, all the changes, right? Whether it's Lincoln Riley or Caleb Williams or uh, NIL or all the portal changes. Like, there's so much talk. Like, I don't know if I've met a team that just wants to play more than these guys in a while. And I think every, every team in training camp wants to go play, but there's just so much dialogue on everything other than the game that I, I feel like it, this team has come and has come together in a unique fashion because they've, they've been challenged to do that because it is so unique. In terms of the amount of time they've been together, if you, if you look at it, like the roster wasn't set until May. You got to speed everything up. And, and they have. I was with Jordan Addison. He, he went on air before I did last night and he talked a lot about, like, look, our team is really tight. Because I think a lot of these guys, when you're coming from other colleges and you feel a little bit at rice too, is you have a different sense of urgency. It's just different because you're seasoned, you've played a little bit, you know that the, your, your clock is ticking as a player. And and you got to go, and time is now. 
And, and I think this team feels that. So I don't think it's going to be your typical rebuild or typical head coach and takes a year and a half for everything to settle in. I don't think it's going to happen every week this whole season for SC. Uh, but I do think by the end of the year, they're going to be the most dangerous team in the country. Yeah, and well, that's part of the deal with Lincoln taking this job, right? This was a, uh, if they're not in the playoff conversation come November, people are going to be antsy. Yeah, it's well, just, I would tell them all to pump the brakes a little bit in that regard. Like, that's, to me, it's almost, it's borderline inappropriate because it's a four-win team with a coach who hasn't even been there for a year to say, hey, let's throw you up into the top four of teams on the field. Brands, 100%. Historicals, 100%. Teams on the field, let's just watch them play. No, nobody wants to hear that. Nobody wants to talk about that, but... But as a guy who covers his league as well, you know, probably hopefully as well as anybody in America, um, that's the reality, you know. And well, and we've all seen that, right? Like to some degree, like it down south, it's it's Texas is the brand, right? But Texas has been not been there. They've been USCing the last couple years, and you've seen your Baylor's and your Oklahoma States, you know, these lunch pail schools that have just kind of stockpiled enough talent, enough culture, and then have kind of, that you know, the Utah going out uh, in your side of the world that, that make things interesting. So I, I know that the, the vision is good. What do you think is, fr- from this game and just bigger picture, obviously Lincoln has a plan. You don't make a life change, a career change like this if you don't think you can do it and you don't have a plan to go about it. But from what you've seen, what what's keeping him and what, what keeps this team up at night what's the concern that you know theoretically we get all the talent in here we coach them up it goes well but what are the what are the maybe not the blind spots but the area of concerns where they think you know what we just this is this is going to be something that that is in our crawl and just gets at us this year yeah i think the biggest thing for him and this program is making sure guys are connected you know just making sure they're totally connected and dialed in and that to me is the biggest challenge just based on all the changes that we've talked about and all the new faces and all the new people and all the distractions that LA provides is making sure this team's connected. And that's, that's hard, right? Like it's hard in LA in a sport that is a team sport, but can quickly become individualized, especially with NIL. You got to be on that. And, and I'll tell you, man, Lincoln is, he's a one percenter in that regard, you know, just getting to know him a decent amount over the last couple of months. He's on that. He is on that, and I think this team gets it. I think they understand that the tighter they are, the better they are, the better it is for everybody individually. Because he can reference so many examples, right? Does Baker Mayfield win? You know, all the awards he wins, is he the number one draft pick if they're an average team? Probably not at five ten, one hundred eighty five pounds, one hundred ninety pounds, whatever he was. You know, like Kyler Murray has always been the best player in the world, but does he win the Heisman if the team isn't good? No. No chance. You know, like, I, there's a, so many examples that resonate with this generation. You know, if you ask the roster of SC, they tell me about, I mean, they'll all know Reggie Bush, but every high school recruit still, like, sometimes they're like, Matt Leiner? Who is, you know what I'm saying? Like, like that generation is slowly, it's crazy, right? Here we are, <laughs> I don't, I'm 40, right? So I can reference, like, Rocket Ishmael and Ron Paulus and Gino Toretta and all these guys. but for the kids coming up now, if you're 16, like you were born when Matt Liner led USC to a national championship game, you know, you were just born. So I, 
it's just Lincoln. Every recruit I know, they want to know a few things. One is how do you get me to the league? Two is how do you get to the CFP? And now it's like how do I make money in NIL? And then maybe the degree. You know, that's kind of the dialogue moving on told. And, and who knows the order? Maybe it shifts per, per household. But Lincoln can address all those things with his resume without even having to sell it. And I think that's what's going to allow SC to fly back into the elite on the field in the country. And have, and then how does that translate this year? How does this translate on Saturday? Because I think there is, you know, naturally just whether it's rust or, and, and Bloomberg talks about this all the time, like you can have the best plan that you've ever had until you get hit in the mouth. And that's, that's the one thing that like, I'm, I'm confident that Rice will do is they will hit USC and they will be physical um, and, and, you know, make them respond. How do you kind of see, because the defense I, I'm, I'm really quite interesting about, if Rice can start pushing the tempo and, and hitting plays, you know, how how confident are you from what you've seen that they can just flip the switch and go? Because that's the plan. Uh, but at some point, you know, you mentioned 29 practices. How how much of 29 practices can get you ready for, hey, it's Saturday and the live bullets are flying? I don't know. You know, like, I think this that's going to be the, yeah, that's the fun part, right? Like, <laughs> I am excited for adversity to strike SC. Like, I'm going to call the game with my partner, Ted Robinson, and our crew. And I hope, like every game, you hope for a few things. An amazing game that finds its way into the fourth quarter. Easy travel on the way out. And hopefully a good meal. Like, that's pretty much the order for every broadcaster. Now, I'm also realistic. SC is one of the, if not the most, talented team in the country offensively if you stacked up their skill position players at least other than tight end not a better receiver it's been voted on quarterback okay he's in the top three he's in the conversation right running back got guys that have made plays they're in the top you know called top handful of running backs in the country and travis die they've got some freaky recruits like relique brown um, they've got the dudes i'm so excited to see what they do if they go three and out, if they fumble, if they throw a pick six, you know, and that just makes our job, it makes the game more intriguing. So you always root for a good game. We all know, everybody on the field will know that SC's got the more talent top to bottom. Nobody's hiding that. Um, but we've seen many times in college football's recent history that that doesn't matter in the ultimate team game. Anything can happen, right? Ask. Michigan from back in the day and App State. Uh, you can go back to last year and NAU beat Arizona. You know, like there's a lot of examples to upsets in college football of big time programs or near upsets and crazy games. So, heck, you were there, Arkansas, last year against, against this Rice team. So, I don't know, man. I'm, I'm excited. I, I kind of hope that we get a game like that. You know, I, I, I don't like calling absolute blowouts. So, I hope it's a fun one. Yeah, I'm in. And for for Texans that need to follow, this is on the Pac-12 network. Uh, yes. You got got the spiel. How can we make sure we get Yogi on our our TVs or streaming sticks or? Yeah, so it's not jumbotrons. It's not that hard. Okay, so your cable provider. Let's start there. Maybe you have it. Maybe you don't. But if you don't, just for one week, 
you can get a variety of over-the-top services for a seven-day free trial. That's where you want to go. You can go to sling.com. I just signed up for it. No problem. I got the app right here on my mobile phone. There's there's various apps where you can go and get this. Another one that I tried, Fubo TV. That's easy. Seven-day free trial. You get the game. Uh, and I think I really like the game. Our, our crew does a really good job of preparing for both teams. Everybody in the preseason calls some wonky games because um, there's only a handful that are just epic around the country. I take a lot of pride in preparing with our team. Like every game is the national championship game. So we are knee deep on the depth chart, on the roster, on graphics. Like if you're a fan of Rice, um, you're not going to get a one-sided broadcast. You can get a professional broadcast. And, and that's our job is to do that. So check it out. You can go to pack-12.com and there's a tab that says like how to watch. You can click on that if you're curious if you have it on your cable provider. And again, as I referenced, there's a lot of over-the-top services. Not that I'm saying you should just do seven-day free trials, but that's an option. It's there. Go get the game. Yes, this is true. For for Rice fans listening in, Yogi and I, we did talk backup, backup, backup. I don't know, tight ends, running backs, wide receivers. So I feel like we're in good hands. I've uh, If nothing else, I've had fun chatting and, and preparing. And complete aside, this is almost the best part of college football season. Is, is, is Christmas Eve? Because right now, everyone is, well, everyone except for Nebraska is, is zero and zero. And as we can throw Big Ten disses in here, right? Um, but everybody's zero and zero and the season can be anything. Your team can achieve whatever you want. Nobody's, you know, had their, their dreams dashed right now. It's August. <laughs> Going to be it, September. That's awesome. Everybody's happy. Everybody's happy. We're happy. I'm happy. I can't wait to get there, man. Thanks for having me on. It's been a real blast getting to know you. And uh, let's stay in touch, man. It should be a fun one. Absolutely. All right. We will uh, sign off now. This is Yogi Roth. Uh, you heard him. Go go subscribe or free trial or something. Get the Pac-12 Network. Watch Rice and USC on TV. 5 o'clock Central, 3 o'clock Pacific. And then we'll be uh, back to probably Central Time Zone for a while and not have to do math. So it'll work out. But that's all for now. We will uh, see you all next week. Talk uh, USC and look forward to the next one. Until then, Rice Fight. This show was edited and produced by Carter Spires. It features music from Joseph McDade.